My name is Anigo Montoya. You turned my father into a controller. Prepare to die. Welcome to Minds at Yerk. My name is Alex. I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. Hello, everyone. Hey. I'm just going to go ahead and put this right out there. I opened a show this weekend. <laughs> I am tired. This episode's probably going to be Crazy Town Banana Pants. I'm on chemo treatment, so let's double that. Tim, you are our glue to hold this together. That, that, that is not the way you want the world to be. <laughs> Tim, you are our silly putty to hold this together. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Much closer to the truth. Maybe if Gak? You stick, if you stick me to newspaper, I, the, the ink prints off on me. So, um... Before we get into your summary, I need an update on whether or not you have heard anything back from your survey to Scholastic. Nothing as of yet, but I'm still hopeful. Okay. Still hopeful. Always, always hold out hope, Tim. Never give that hope up. Absolutely. Till my dying day, I'll be waiting for that message from Scholastic. Yes. And it will arrive just a moment too late. Oh, what a downer. Thanks for that. (laughs) Anytime. Don't blame me. Blame a riddle that I heard. Uh, Tim, would you like to summarize a book? Sure. This is book number 10. It's the Android. And I'm I'm just going to tell you, normally my, my summaries are very objective in my opinion just a a restatement of the facts that happened in this book this one got shaped by my emotions a little bit and i think it will show through so just just bear that in mind um we start out with marco and jake scheming to get into a concert they morph dogs and the offspring starts playing and eric king doesn't smell eric was at marco's mom's funeral eric gets hit by a bus and disappears for a second Axe and the gang think he might be a robot with a hologram projection around him. Eric and the sharing are going to be at the lake. They morph birds. I'm sorry, the gang morph birds to go to the lake. And Axe and Marco turn into spiders. Marco finds Eric and gets eaten by a bird. Marco freaks out and demorphs. Eric finds him. Oh shit, Eric and Jenny are good guys. The Yerk want Marco's dad for his secret work. The gang goes to Eric's house. His dad takes them to their underground dog park. (laughs) It's starting to sound a little like it's always sunny. Is it? The the gang all the time? Um, Does that mean Animorphs is set in Philadelphia? Yeah. They are... uh, Oh, oh, hold on. Remember that. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, It turns out the androids are... Chi, which were created by Pimalites, 
who were destroyed by the Howlers. Dissension in the Chi ranks about whether or not they should be fighting. The Chi need a Pimelite crystal to fight. The Yerks have it for a supercomputer. Rachel gets worried about the group and the dog park and tries to attack. Cassie manufactures a moral quandary. We gotta get the crystal from the Yerks tonight instead of two weeks. Two spiders and three roaches infiltrate Matcom's ventilation system. Oh no, the furnace turns on. They make it to the room with the crystal and morph bats. They can't carry the crystal as bats. They have to muscle their way out. Muscling out doesn't go well. Marco makes a last effort to get the crystal to Eric. Eric then slaughters every bad guy and saves and heals every good one and then is sad about that. Marco gives the crystal to Homer to drop it in the ocean because no one actually wants to defeat the Yerks. There we go. That was book 10, The Android. So I'm getting the sense, Tim, (laughs) that you might come down on one particular side Mm -hmm. of the is it wrong to teach a race that does not know how to kill to kill debate. While I'm reading this book, I don't even understand how there's another side to that discussion. Yes, I, I very much came down on one side. So... And it did, like, when I was reading the part about Cassie talking about it, I was like, you're just, you just, you can't have a book without you complaining about something. You're just making this one up. That's how I read it anyway. That's very black Might say something white. about me. As, yeah. as the one in this group who tested as Cassie, I can see her point. Yeah. I mean, I can too after, afterwards, but when it was, when it was happening and you know, I don't know. Just seems like a small price to pay for defeating true evil. Your soul is a small price to pay for. One man's soul, one entity's soul. I mean, they're talking about the entire race theoretically here. They're, yeah. But yeah, but it was so far only one. You know, they haven't even gotten to the discussion about who else is going to get reprogrammed. No one. No one else is going to. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, like, it, after he reprogrammed himself, they never discussed if it would have gone any further. It, and it's a immortal creature, like. Yeah, but it probably doesn't even have a soul. It's like, I didn't, it's, it's I a, don't know about it's that. It's a dog-made creation. But it still has emotions and still carries a psychological burden. It can still suffer as a result of its actions and the guilt that comes with that. Those are real feelings for it. It's true. Still, though, larger picture. How many people are going to die because of the Yerk invasion? How many people are suffering with Yerks in their heads? This one guy feels bad about killing a few hork But, counterpoint... On our podcast okay. about reading a children's book, what is a soul? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Tim, dear, how many people have you killed today? Yes. No, none. I've never, I've never killed a a being. I, I'm not a big fan of killing. I don't even kill bugs. So, but yet you were the one that's like, yeah, let's reprogram this to. Yeah. Well. I, E- evil alien race trying to destroy all of civilization. 
you know, I'm not really bothered by squirrels running through my backyard. I'm, hey, go on, happy squirrel. Like, I, not the same thing. There are other ways they could have reprogrammed the chi. Well, that was up to the chi. The chi was the one who picked up the crystal and reprogrammed himself. Before we move on, I have to, though, just go to this picture Tim painted of, like, Bob Ross, but homicidal Bob Ross. <laughs> I would kill these guys, but I'm not going to bother the happy little squirrel in my backyard. Fair. Murder Bob Ross. I, I kind of love that. You did get Tim's, a little Deadpool there. Tim's Halloween costume, Psycho Bob Ross. All right. Need to order a wig. We clean our knife by slapping it against our stand. Gonna beat the devil out of it. Because our mama couldn't beat it out of us. Jesus. Well, that's so unsettling. And yet, I want to watch an episode of Murder Bob Ross. <laughs> Although, I need to rename it because it sounds like you're trying to murder Bob Ross. And that's not... Murderous Bob Ross. It's, it's yeah, Bob, yeah, Bob Ross is the joy of killing. There you go. That sounds better, but today. This So I interrupted. You were saying, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> this uh reprogram for violence feels like one extreme or the other. Like there are things that they could okay. be programmed to do that aren't necessarily violence but are still probably more outside of what they're programmed to do currently. Yeah. No, that that makes a lot more sense like especially than throwing the computer into the ocean right finding some way for them to be helpful that's not necessarily you know apocalyptic right and i know eric's going to help and and that's established and we'll see eric again but it does kind of suck that that was like the one track mind that we got this book if none of the others can conceive of having committed violence though why would they listen to him and not try to reprogram themselves? Like, I get not wanting that temptation there. Um, I, my guess is that the ones that wanted to reprogram were minor enough that him coming back that broken would have caused pause. And I can also understand why he didn't want to bring it back to base. Yeah. And risk someone else just reprogramming themselves. To get rid of it entirely. I love that the dogs do it. <laughs> yeah. But it, it it does feel a little short-sighted. And I cannot remember if this actually ever comes back around. So I will say this about this book. I have, I know I read it. I have zero recollection of anything in this issue except two words. Pimalite crystal. Okay. I don't know if that's an answer to whether or not it comes back, but that is literally the only thing from this book that stuck with me. Dog androids? Nope. Bat and spider morphs? Nope. No, you know I thought Eric was someone else. That's true. Um, The name Eric stuck with me. Did you grow up with a dog? Yes. Many dogs. still didn't? Because, like, this is why it stuck with me, was that I went... Oh, you're an alien <laughs> who is currently licking my sweater. Yes. We need to start a, a Pimalite picture thread on social media <laughs> after we're done here. We had a dog that was basically my older sister. 
My mother got it for my father for practice. Ah. Oh, all right. So, yeah. I, I, they're kids, which occasionally we need to remember as I'm looking at this from a 30-year-old and going, there are so many other options here. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's okay. Um, what did you guys think of Marco's haircut? I feel very badly for everyone, even the literal alien, giving him shit. <laughs> so, the reason is because the kid that they did, they used the cover art for, came back with short hair for the yes. next book. And so thus it had to get written in that Marco cut his hair. I wondered if that was the reason. Yeah. I wondered if they changed the cover or if the book changed first. Yep, the book cover artist or model changed first. Did they um did they spell Eric's name? Or I guess Applegate. Did Applegate spell Eric's name like Yerk intentionally? No idea. Uh, it's it was just so similar that I thought it was on purpose to to make people assume he was a Yerk. It's possible i mean he does have a yerk in him yeah that's true that's true but he you know which the, which kind of that i i kind of love that when i read it i totally I like, forgot that, that was, he did that was the first thing i thought is well how does he blend in as a yerk if he doesn't have a yerk well it turns out he does he just owns that thing and he's you know doing the exact opposite of what the yerks do he's holding it hostage yeah, and I just projecting... thought he had a hologram. Yeah. Projecting a little yerk into the pool when it's time to go in for feeding. Yeah. Which brings me to... Uh-oh. <laughs> you know where this is going. I didn't, but that laugh made it worse. When I go to the yerk pool, I'm able to trick the yerks into believing that my yerk is swimming in the pool. I generate a hologram of a yerk leaving my ear and dropping into the pool. Later, I create a hologram of it returning. The yerks never notice that they don't encounter this yerk actually in the pool. Yerks communicate very little in their natural senses, which I take to mean they are busy gushing down. Gushing oh down. Yep. <laughs> they don't talk, they just gush. They leave their car keys in a big vat, or their room keys in a big vat in the bottom of the yerk pool. And don't talk, they just grab one, pair off, trade places, and enjoy their yerk orgy. But they're too busy to talk. I didn't need that visual, thank you. Gushing down. What'd you guys think of this concert lineup? Uh, it was very time appropriate for when this book was written. That's true. I know as little about popular music now as I knew when I read this, so I have no <laughs> opinion. I think the next book, we get Cassie trying to explain like how she gets music past her mom and like what she calls Nine Inch Nails. Fairly certain it's the next book. Um, I do think there was something I had in that music section, though, a note on. I have one about the haircut. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah, oh, uh, when we're doing the intro, and I said something about um, the coming back to the Pennsylvania thing. Uh, 
he says something about going to uh, get Charisse, I guess is how you pronounce it, to cut his hair. There was a Charisse's salon in Bethel Park, Pennsylvania, which was founded in 1988. Was it still around? Uh, there's only so much research I can get. <laughs> I think it's still around today, if I read the thing right. Sweet. Okay. So he gets his hair cut in Pennsylvania. Because there's only one Charisse. It is a title like Highlander. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, now, what a fun story that would be about salon employees that could only be, there could only be like one salon employee. So they had to murder each other with their haircut equipment. I would watch that. <laughs> okay. I think that needs to be a thing. So Marco's excuse for going to the concert is that Alanis Morissette might be a yerk. Have we named yes. her as a potential yerk? No. I don't think so. Okay. And I'm not entirely sure if she would be. But wouldn't it be ironic if she were? Nice. Don't you think? Oh. But aliens don't understand irony. That makes That's the song. point. Yeah, if she were a yerk or an Andalite morphed into a human. It's a little too ironic. Uh, (laughs) I finished last week's episode and I totally missed the DeForest Kelly joke that Alex snuck in there. (laughs) I just rolled right through it. (laughs) While I'm commenting about making a DeForest Kelly joke, he throws one in underneath me and I didn't I didn't hear it. (laughs) So I just wanted to give credit to that. Thank you. It was very well placed. My jokes are like ogres. They have layers. <laughs> so like driving in the car, listening to it, like, oh my God, <laughs> how did I miss that? Uh, I appreciate your, your circling back to that one. Because <laughs> while I was listening, I was like, damn it, this would have been a good time to call back to a DeForest Kelly joke. And I didn't do that. <laughs> A lot of my notes for this one, maybe not a lot, but a few of my notes this one definitely center around people who might be either Yerks or Andalites, for instance. And actually, you know, I I marked this one, and the book itself explains this one, about the dog voice uh, uh, telling Marco to be happy, which made me think, Danny Bonaducci, maybe? (laughs) Um, But then Marco keeps going to talk about humans and happiness, and and maybe this is where I start to identify a little more with Marco than I normally do. Don't be too happy. Keep your guard up. Something bad could happen. Could still happen, as the the, the human voice dealing with happiness. I'm like, yeah, I get you, Marco. I'm yeah. with you that's, on that. That's very true. That is very true. Um. I also like that he gets really annoyed that Jake is considered the cuter dog. Yes, because he <laughs> intentionally picked what he thought would be the dog that would attract the most women. Yep. I have a, I have an entry. Okay, so we've, we've all agreed that gaga maggot is the most perfect phrase in the English language. Yes. Sure. This book had, an, had a close, well, I'm not going to say close second, but so far the second well, to me. Well, hang on. Free cheesecake might be better. Uh, it yes. might, I don't know if it's better on this one. I really want to work this one into a sentence. Which, by the way, I was at work and somebody used the phrase gaga maggot and I lost 
my mind. Someone was who... it somebody who listens? No, it was unrelated. She got it from her grandmother. And as soon as she said it, I just like stopped what I was doing. Like, oh my God, what did you just say? So, huh. um, uh, the, the phrase is Gumby unformed, which is used when he's talking about, uh, one of his morphs. And I just thought it was fantastic. And I really want to use Gumby unformed some way, somehow. Gumby Unformed is actually the name of my memoirs. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's so good. I'm so mad that I can't write my memoirs and named it, name it Gumby Unformed now. It's perfect. Fairly certain we will find you an expression in this book that Jake says that you can use. What was that? Nothing. Oh. You'll just have to use the thematically similar title... Pokey, but kind of melty. <laughs> what else? What other notes do we have? I've got some notes on uh, Marco's names of alternative magazines to teen or YM and article titles, okay. which was just delightful to me. <laughs> Cassie has never met a dress she liked. She does not subscribe to teen or YM. She's much more likely to buy a magazine like Smelly Animals of America. You know, the kind of magazine that would have articles like How to Give Suppositories to Raccoons or Let's Examine Owl Vomit. What I really like about this book and when it comes to Cassie is that it's the first one where they don't feel the need to say Cassie is black. Like, if you want to yep. picture Cassie, think of a short, cute girl with very short black hair wearing overalls, big muddy boots, and looking totally capable of giving a tetanus shot to an angry bear. Yes. And In this case, that angry bear is Rachel. Yes. <laughs> it just was a nice moment. How do you give suppositories to a raccoon? Similar to how you would give a suppository to a person? Damn it, I was so. on mute when I said up the butt as an answer to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, no one's going to even acknowledge that one. Well, well, hear it in editing. <laughs> Whoops. Up the butt. That's how you give a suppository to a raccoon. You're not as wrong. Opposed, as opposed to how you might give a suppository to an osprey. That would be up the cloaca. <sighs> Just continued domination um, over that word. Heard that word way it, too much. It may not be good branding, but it is thorough. <laughs> my other, uh, my other thought on this: th there was a moment in here where Marco morphs a spider, and then he goes to basically stalk and destroy a beetle, right? So then, when Ask confronts him about this, his response is X. It was just a cockroach. Who cares? And I was sitting there thinking, like, why? why, Like, he's staring right at the beetle. Why are you lying? Like, why did you call it a cockroach? At this point, she was churning out two books a month. Oh, you think it was just an oversight? Yeah, I think. Oh, I thought there was, like, some, like, deep-rooted, like, I don't know. No, I think it just was an editing oversight. Species, speciest. I mean, unless I'm wrong. 
No, uh, your way probably no, makes more I am, sense. I am double checking, and cockroaches do not appear to be a kind of beetle. Yeah, no, I checked that too. That was the first place that okay. I went. Because I thought that, I was like, I wonder if it's just, they are a beetle, and I didn't know it. Because no. I didn't know that Dumpster was back with a capital D in this book, by the way. Yes, because it's a brand. I know. That's just still, like, I can't help but notice it every time now. Our poor Google search is, when it comes to this. <laughs> we have pretty pretty explicitly in this one a way that technology would have changed. They probably would not nowadays go look up Eric King in the phone book. Yeah, that's probably true. They'd look in to see where he checks in online. Yeah, they'd Facebook him or see if he's got a four-square page and he's king of the Cinnabon. Yep, and then X gets really pissed. It's interesting to think about dated technology in a book that has immortal robot dogs. Well, but those are from a different planet. That's true. Yeah. It does seem pretty advanced, though. I mean, yes. That like, no, is I'm pretty like, advanced. I'm wondering <laughs> if they would be, like, more advanced. Or, or are they pretty much, like, what they're going to be? Does that make sense? Like, no. do they evolve further? They're robots, so no. They can't even yeah. change their thinking without a magical pebble. That's true. That seems like it would be a torturous existence, more so than knowing that I killed somebody. What, being a robot? Yeah. But they're happy. They Eternally created... hanging out with thousands of puppies. They weren't well, that, created... That's that does seem like it would be pretty nice. They weren't created to be slaves. They were created to be partners. And thus, they continue on their creator's legacies and dogs. And they just live. They have completed all their goals. Well, the one goal is to keep dogs happy and safe. Which is why they're fighting Yerks, because they understand that Yerks are going to destroy more than just humans. And also that Wait, humans and dogs are interrelated. But they're not fighting Yerks. No, but... They're doing what they can. They're spies. Spies reporting back information to nothing. Well, this is what caused Eric to get frustrated. Okay. But now they have Not, like, their, what do you like, call them? I, the warriors that can go fight while the rogues I feel just like collect I information. Might, like, I don't, I don't disagree with you, and I feel like I might be beating a dead horse with my my take on it a dead horse but it, it it just seems like they're like like the potential of the chi is unbelievable and the reality of the chi is they are dog walkers sure and uh, that's that's what i get from it you know sure the potential of humanity is something that maybe we can't conceive and yet I go sit at a desk job every day and I'm happy with my life. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a true parallel. They're, they didn't come 
to Earth to create or to make things better. They came to Earth to keep, to preserve their creator. Yeah, I get that. So, if that's all they want to do, that's all they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm not arguing. Like, I, that's true. It's just like my my take on that as a as an existence, you know. Well, that's not for you, and that's fine. I don't know. I just this book this book is a little too black and white because it is a kids' book on, you know, what more Eric could do that didn't that wouldn't cost him his soul. And then maybe if they had two more weeks to get the pebble something else could have been figured out and maybe something else does get figured out because i know eric doesn't go away well and the other thing too like i i don't know that i entirely agree with the premise that this is that black and white because while maybe we get the morality arguments a lot we get the morality arguments on different on different continua there are different issues that come up each time and they're all in some ways related. Like in this case, you can ask the free will question, should these robots that were created without free will have it? Should they have it and be able to use it on a different race, a race they were never meant to interact with to interfere in ways that Andalites have created problems by doing, uh, you have the very black and white argument in this one of can they handle becoming killers when they weren't made to do that and have functionally biological concerns that make that a harder thing to carry than it is for a human. The human brain works in a way that minimizes memory of pain. It's why trauma and post-traumatic stress are issues that people have to work through because that's not the way the brain ideally processes things. It creates these issues. And this is a race of sentient creatures that basically have no option, but accepting post-traumatic post-traumatic stress of a sort. Yeah. And I mean, even Marco introduces the idea early on when he says rage is addictive, you know, I guess it's sort of like a drug anger and hatred get you high they get you high, but like any addiction, they hollow you out and tear you down and eat you alive. We get the idea early on in the book before we even know what Eric is. Yeah. Also, they're the path to the dark side. <laughs> so like, I... I don't know. The morality arguments don't bother me in this. I like them. Oh, I definitely because like them. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like they, like, I just very quickly fell to one side of them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it, it did at first when Cassie first mentioned it, it felt like, well, you're just kind of generating this. But then by the end of it, you saw the, the outcomes of it more, or at least I saw the outcomes of it more. So I could see that it was at least a, a thought that should be taken into account. But also, I kind of want the Yerks to die, and I'm reading a book series, you know? Uh, but it I mean, isn't I get like, that. Yeah. It isn't like he snapped his fingers and all the Yerks inside the heads died. He destroyed 
essentially innocent creatures. True. Yeah. But that that yeah, that seemed like less of the focus of the argument though. Like that should have been probably the priority of the argument, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have fell fallen so hard but on one side of it because that one is a good issue. I would say you this know? though. A, that argument is intrinsic to the entire way the Animorphs fight. You're and right. B, You're right. the language on the page was not, he killed all the controllers. It was, he killed all the humans, he killed all the hork yeah, that's, that's, true. that's uh, true. It wasn't beating us over the head, but I yeah. think that was the intent. Sure. The other thing I'd say, too, is while the scenario in the book is pretty black or white, like, Every day in this country and in this world, people sit back and let atrocities happen rather than just taking up arms and killing the people committing them. And there are moral reasons for that that are every bit as worth considering as in a very black and white book. Like, okay, do our heroes become monsters if they do this? Right. And... This series gets dark. These are things that... Kay Applegate and Michael Grant are going to address. You know, it's not... It isn't a series like um, Babysitter's Club or Nancy Drew or there are adult versions of this. Agatha Christie, I guess. There are more modern ones too, but I can't... Um, whatever, I'm brain dead. Um, where shit happens and, and, and then it resets. You know, we, we've yeah. had trauma come through for 10 books it's only going to get more traumatic <laughs> it's the difference between episodic and serial storytelling yes thank you thank you um and i don't know where i'm going with that other than just like we're still early and these ideas will continue to build and we'll get into more of the new ones i think is what it sounded like yeah we're going toward and I'm okay with Eric not becoming a super villain fighting machine. Yeah. Also, do you want Skynet? Because this is how you get <laughs> Skynet. <laughs> I like Eric, and if I remember correctly, he's going to do some really good things. So maybe, I somehow and, have... And maybe that's what my part of me is like completely accepting of all this is because it's like I know what Eric does for penance so yeah and I have somehow no recollection of anything Eric does I had given his name to a completely different character in my head <laughs> oh boy <laughs> completely different uh but like that's I mean, and maybe this is the thing that is, 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 and maybe it's just, it sits a certain way with me personally, where like, the argument is there are ways that are not 100% action that the chi can help. And like, there are times when in the real world, like, I will play my cards close to the vest until I know I can like talk to someone one-on-one -on -one and have a report and be like, this thing you say a lot is really not cool. And here's why. And just maybe think about it. And sometimes that 
makes a difference in people who have some really weird backwards views. Like, sometimes you can do things by taking time a little bit on a small scale, and sometimes maybe a small scale matters. Yeah, I, all that makes sense, but it was... Okay, so you're spying on them, but to what end? Because you've already said you have no ability to do anything with any of the information that you have. But at the end of the day, information is ultimately power. Even if they don't know what they'll do with it while they're doing it, they don't know that they won't have some outlet for it. They've said they can detect morphing energy. They knew there yeah. was someone on the planet, and they knew from hanging out around them that there was a quote-unquote Andalite band. Yeah. I mean, they knew that the pieces were there for them to do something at this point. And it's not like their existence on Earth is just to hang out and watch the Yerks. They've been here since the pyramids were built. They've been here 50,000 years, it says. Or something like that. This is a thing that has come up and they're trying to watch and keep an eye on and do something about despite not having an interest beyond making sure the dogs are cool. The dogs are really cool. They are. They're, they are good boys. They are good yeah. boys. And just to, sorry, just to like, I am not saying 100% of the time standing back and not doing things is the right call. I am not arguing that. I just think, like, we came out of the gate in the episode like really, really quick to be like, Nah, dog, you need to do something. But I do think there is value to having someone who is taking a more low-key approach and can gather information and can do these things and can provide a like tactical support role or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll just, we'll, I mean, y'all I mean, know more I, about this than I do, but we'll see how that plays out, you know? And I don't, I don't remember, and I'm not well trying played. to, like, change your mind on how you see it. I just, oh, no, 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 no. For me, that's yeah. like, yeah. And, and I hope that didn't sound like argumentative at any point. No. Yeah. Just, you know, like sort of like a certain expectation when you read a book, you know, that things will go a certain way and it did not. What are you drinking? Um, is that, is that, Pine salt? <laughs> no. Would you like another guess? <laughs> Absinthe? No, I thought about it. It is green apple Fanta and vodka. It is a, basically a fizzy apple uh, TV. Okay. Alright. It's like the, uh, the ooze that turned the Ninja Turtles into mutants? Yes, that is it. I want to be able to morph too. God damn it. <laughs> and I will attempt to acquire that ability any way I can. Also, Marco eats barbecue chicken. Stop. Oh, he did, didn't he? Also, Cassie advises us that we should never get cocky. It's very true. Marco and... might have been the basis or in, like, I write English papers or I wrote English papers like Marco did for a long time. Oh, I want to get college. into this. Yes. <laughs> Where it's like, I'm going to write, and after a thousand words, maybe my topic will pop up. <laughs> we are 40-ish minutes into this episode, less whatever gets cut, 
And I am going to now indict the American educational system. Buckle up. (laughs) The way we teach people to write is bullshit garbage noise that has to be untaught when it's done. Yep. What the fuck is with word counts and page minimums and all these things that do nothing but say the quality of your writing doesn't matter, just churn out a lot of it, and here are all these tips and tricks for fluffing out this page without ever making any point. And it is perfectly realistic that Marco could get a B. I once wrote a paper on Julius Caesar entirely in the conditional because I remembered 20 minutes before it was due that it was due and did not have any sources and made a a hundred on this from one of those teachers who doesn't give above a 95 because there's no such thing as perfect writing. Mm -hmm. I could not have pulled it more out of my ass. But because I know how to fluff things out and make these, you know, sound the way they're supposed to sound and not actually have a single goddamn idea in them, I can do that. Now as someone who's like, edit friends' papers and siblings' papers and all of that, I want to rip my hair out at the way people learn to cope with these minimums. We do no one any good by setting these artificial rules and not putting the focus on quality of writing. The end. That is my TED Talk. I mean, I feel like I should like applaud. I'll start doing like slow clap. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not actually gonna do it because I worry about the audio of it. I'm doing it in spirit. Just gonna tell you, there's a lot of papers that I've gotten back where it says so well written, and entirely off topic. Here's an A. Part of the reason my favorite professor from college was my favorite professor com- from college is the time he handed back a paper. And at the end of it was a note that said, look, I have to give you an A on this in the name of fairness, but we both know this is not good work from you. (laughs) Mine was, you did not read the book, but the essay you put together and how you defended it is so well done that it has to be an A. And then in my stats class, I did 12 pages on something with OkCupid and used this formula throughout it. And he went, this formula seems wrong the entire time, but goddamn, you can write. And I was like, okay. (laughs) On the other end, a classmate of mine was once given by a professor the note, this paper causes me despair. (laughs) And I also love that very much, partly (laughs) because I was not on the receiving end. That's, That's usually a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, I was very excited. Bullshitting. I'm sorry? I said this is the way I have a degree in bullshitting. Yeah, I was very excited to get to go on that soapbox. As soon as Marco brought it up, I'm like, yes, I can say this into a microphone. (laughs) I do like his topic. I think I actually, yep. The use of rhetoric to obscure a lack of content. I like Marco's dialogue pretty much overall when he's talking about this. I was like, yeah, he's 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 my favorite. Just... Yeah, <clears throat> Marco's a good dude. I like the reminiscence of the '90s class or '90s lunchroom goo, because <laughs> food did not get good until high school. Food shouldn't be blue. <laughs> 
Um, I have a theory on Jake's sports allegiances. Okay. I said theory, not Siri. Go away, you murderous AI. <laughs> okay. <sighs> God damn it. It doesn't matter. I have a theory on Jake's sports allegiances. Okay. He is clearly a fan of the Falcons. <laughs> I actually wrote that down too. I will also say I'm a little disappointed Jin can't be here this week. I know she does not feel well, but I am sad that she missed the book with people morphing into spiders and bats. But also every puppy in the world. Yep. <laughs> not the best book to be off of. I blame Alanis Morissette and the Irony Gods. That's fair. Uh, I also have the most ridiculous note, which brings me to another who's an Andalite. And this one's definitely an Andalite. There is not any way that this person is a Yerk. Freddie Mercury. Early in the issue, spiders are described as death on eight legs. Later in the issue, Herc-Bajir are described as death on two legs, which is a Queen song. Freddie Mercury and a light. Are we the getting only... paid to promote Freddie Mercury's new movie? I didn't no, Freddie that. Mercury is just... Freddie Mercury is good. The end. The only music Andalites like, I'm sure, because they made it themselves. <laughs> I can believe that. I can buy that. Yes. Tim, you got anything else? No, we've been through all mine. We get another new alien race. The Howlers. Yeah, I was wondering about the Howlers. I was wondering if they were... Like, I, I kept thinking that was going to be some race that had been taken over by the Yerks and it was going to tie back in, but it doesn't sound like it does. No, they they're actually two-dimensional creatures that record angry messages from people's mothers and shout them at their enemies. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Good reference. Which brings me to this week's special no, 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 topic. Wait. I do. I want to actually oh. talk about howlers. Okay. Okay. They, we'll they put a do pin come in. back. <laughs> I I didn't catch that reference. That's because you haven't fucking read Harry Potter. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Should have known. After this, Harry Potter chapter by chapter. Because I'm sure there are no Harry Potter podcasts. Continue. <laughs> Um, okay, for some reason I thought Howlers were showing up like the next book, but no, it's a while. Okay. So yeah, never mind. Howlers come back, that's all you need to know. Return yeah, of the Howlers. Harry Potter. Yeah. They're, have we talked about Cryak yet? No. Okay. I don't know what that is. Okay. The Elemis en- enemy. I think I'm a book ahead. Okay. Never mind. Alex, fine. Go ahead with your two-dimensional howlers. Yes. Which brings me to our special topic this week. I believe, Meg, that you have prepared a thorough report (laughs) on what each character's Patronus would be. I love that you say thorough because... I don't know if you can see that. That's it. (laughs) All the characters who matter. All right, who do you want me to start with? Prince Jake. I gave Jake an orca. And why was that? Because, well, 
everybody views Jake as like the leader. I view Jake as like trying to keep his family together. Like, in a sense, and orcas are very big family uh, animals that are also a little bit terrifying. Um, and he loves that one Michael Jackson song. Sure. From Free Willy or Free Willy 2. He probably does because it probably came out during this time. Yep. Oh, damn it. I keep t- killing the candle. So, yeah, that is why Jake's All right. would be a Rachel. Rachel is a wolverine. One of the most aggressive animals in the world. I approve. One of the most bloodthirsty, too, probably. Tobias. He's a hawk. We're not... We talked about that last week. He's a fucking hawk. His Patronus, if it was anything else, became a hawk. The moment that he got stuck. Cassie. That that doesn't... That logic doesn't hold up, because then every human would have a Patronus human. Hey, Tim. Nope. All right, I'm out. Have I'm you out. Have you read Harry Potter? No, I have yep. not. All right, then don't criticize her picks. You want to criticize her picks? Right. Go read Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. You're right. All right. You're right. Cassie, I go sit in my corner. Cassie, I gave a slow Loris. Which you might have to Google. I might indeed. Just start with how cute they are. And I also want to re- reiterate, this is me looking at our characters throughout the entire book series, not up to book 10, because I can't separate out the two. So you look like, 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 uh, I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. Lemurs. They look like lemurs, lemurs, but they're not, I don't think they are lemurs. So, but. Yeah, it's the same thing I thought when I saw it. They're very innocent looking, right? They have poisonous elbows. Like platypi. So they are very sweet and innocent and want to be your friend. You piss them off, they have poisonous they elbows. Yeah, I like this. Good call. Marco. A fox. There's no animal more cunning. And at the end of the day, Marco would entirely be a Slytherin and is one of the most cunning people. And Axe? Naked mole rat. They are social animals that have a leader. He would fall in line. And I enjoy the image of him hanging out with Kim Possible. Yes. I just like the image of Axe having like a naked naked mole rat on his shoulder. Yeah. Or like in a pouch. Okay. Bonus one. I have one more. Bonus one. Because I know that Tim needs to tune back in here at the end of the segment. Who would, what would Chapman's Patronus be? He's a fucking penguin. Why? Because penguins protect their their children above all else. Yeah, that's a good one. They've all been good ones. Don't give me that shit. Yeah. No, that's a good <laughs> one for Chapman. Yeah. You get so offended whenever <laughs> I compliment one thing. <laughs> that everything else is terrible. Yes. No, that, that's, that's a good Chapman one. Uh, thank you for that. Did you enjoy it? If any I listeners did. disagree, you are more than welcome to. I'd put you can send all your disagreements to Tim. <laughs> At Remo yeah, that's Wear. fine. Oh, I'll listen. 
at RemoWare on Twitter. I have like eight or nine photos between the photos that are my notes that are things related to the show I'm working on. And every time I need to check notes, I have to scroll through. We learned that Axe can tell directions as well when we knew he could tell time. And we also learned that nuclear power is not that awesome. We learned that Axe can only do part of a vector. He can do magnitude, but not... He can do direction, but not magnitude. He can tell you you're going northwest, but he can't tell you how far. That's true. (laughs) That's very true. He does not know how far. We do get a moment of, like, boy versus girl psychology that I really liked. That made me laugh. Where Marco draws... He does some math, and he says, my odds are greater for not picking the smallest straw if I go first. Which is actually Uh, wrong. It is completely wrong. That's, (laughs) like, irritated me to no end as soon as I read it. Okay, Tim, you tell me why it's wrong, and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Because the odds don't change. Your odds are the same the entire time. False. False. Your odds... It's still one out of five. It's, It's one out of five at the start. It's one out of five at the end. It's... Nope. It's one out of five. Jake, let's say Jake picked one and he picked the largest one. So now it's one out of four. And Cassie draws it and she grabs the largest one. So now it's one out of three. There's five straws. (laughs) Like nothing changes. Like mathematically, it may be different, but it's it's the dumbest logic I've ever heard. This this goes back to the whole, if you were on a game show. And they uh-huh. present you three doors. Uh-huh. And you guess door number one. Yeah, you're supposed to change your answer or whatever? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Because your odds it. are higher now. Yes, it's game theory. So the way it works is, the way it would work in this case is like, Marco, Marco's point only works if he's given an option to change his mind at some point. Yes. That is why Marco is wrong. No, I, like, <laughs> it's like way less complicated than that is my thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, You're looking at the statistics of the set, not the statistics of the decision-making tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, like, yes. throw, throw away the math for a minute. Just the reality of it, that there's five straws and one of them is short. That's what Alex is saying. You're just looking at it as one whole thing rather than a different decision every time. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't think I'm getting my point. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, like, nothing, yeah, whatever. Whatever, I'm out. I'm out. But statistics I mean, don't apply to the to individual. Be, to be fair, these are things that I've set in class and gotten really bad migraines over writing, like, yeah. Questions no, and no, no. I understand the concept. Like, it's not a matter of not understanding a concept. It's, like, in practice, dumb. Like, I... But it, here is why, assuming you get the option to make a change, the odds change. Because in your first decision, you are statistically more likely to be wrong. Mm-hmm. be wrong by picking the short straw by picking whichever that said i have a wholly separate theory for this scene i think they were whole i think jake was holding 
five straws that were all short because only Marco ever picked one. <laughs> and they were pissed with him for being late to his own party. That's very true. They it... made him go first. No one else drew. They gaslit Marco. <laughs> I like that theory better. Because they didn't make him go first. They can, but he made himself go first. But they probably planted the seed somewhere along the line. The odds were five and five. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> I believe that. But I was going on and... something after that. Oh, so that leads to Rachel saying, fine, if you're going to be a big baby, I'll do it. And Marco goes, I should have just said okay. And because she's a girl, I didn't. And in his mind, the appropriate response from Rachel would have been like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll do it. And instead she said, okay. And then he's like, I wish it had just been Jake and Tobias. Because then he wouldn't be doing it. And that's what toxic masculinity gets you, folks. <laughs> you end up turned into a spider. Watching shooting silk out your butt. Watching your friend's eyes bulge out into many eyes. And little mandible arms grow. Um So there are a lot of Rachel and Marco shippers in the world. Those people are nuts, but continue. This is the first book where I can kind of understand it. I cannot. I've never gotten that idea. Yeah, I didn't the, I didn't get that at all. I guess because I have dated someone where like the foreplay was like bickering. And that's kind of what it seems like with Rachel and Marco. I get the argument. I don't read it as that kind of bickering. Oh, no, no, no. I don't either. I'm just saying, like, I can see. Sure. Because Rachel and Tobias OTP. But. Every time you say that, I think. Yes, I know. Because of where you guys live. There is something for you to beep out. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's a lot to beep out. I mean, we didn't say where it was, so. Okay, well, but know. that's a pretty regionally specific phrase, right? I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be other cities with so. a I don't know, are there? I don't know. I legit don't know the answer to that question. It's funnier <laughs> if we just beep it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Commit to the bit. No, no, no. I just wondered how long you'd have to beep. I uh, thought for a moment they were finally hyphenating Spider-Man. Then I realized it only happened because it showed up at a line return because they didn't capitalize <laughs> the M and man and I got sad again. And then several chapters later, Spider-Man was printed as Spider-Man instead of the correct spelling <laughs> Spider-Man. I, every time I saw that, I thought, oh, Alex is getting mad right now. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it's worse. It's worse than if you were mad. You guys want, want to talk about Z-Space? I always want to talk about Z-Space because it gives me the opportunity to talk about the Red Hulk's mustache. Okay. I mean, are you What would you like to it? say about Z-Space? I mean, now I'm really curious about the Hulk's mustache. There's a running joke that when, when General Ross transforms into the Red Hulk, which doesn't have a mustache, that his very large, let's say, Nick Offerman-esque mustache, like, dips into a pocket dimension. <laughs> okay. And I definitely knew 
I definitely Z-Space. knew about Z Space. I think before General Ross ever became Red Hulk, certainly before I was ever aware of that plot. So I've always thought about his mustache just dropping into Z Space and hanging out with like a bu- a bag of Marco or whatever. <laughs> Also, I really wanted to order pizza during this. Every time Bag of Marco came up, I'm like, I could order some Marcos. Ooh, yeah, that would have been good. Um, so for those that aren't reading and just following, <laughs> Z-Space, which is zero space. And which I actually got this detail right when I remembered it. I am proud yes. of myself. Um, what happens when you morph is that your mass goes into Z space and there are ships that travel through Z space when they want to travel going faster than light. And while the odds are like a million to one, a ship can potentially hit your mass. And I think it says what happens. The ship's shield system would degenerate, degenerate the mass. I, I'm like 90% sure we get a book where this happens because you can't set that up and then not have it happen. don't remember it ever happening. It would be the most like deus ex machina. But then he tried to morph to human again and he was two inches tall. I feel like it pulls them into Z-Space maybe. Oh, that actually sounds familiar. Yeah. Like Like you're still tethered to the... Yeah. To the mass... Yeah, I know there are Z-Space antics, well. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, so that's what happens when your mass, when you morph small. Where the mass comes from when you morph bigger? I don't know. Patreon. That's true. <laughs> um, and you can support us on Patreon at... <laughs> nowhere yet. You can't. You can support <laughs> Panelology. That's Okay. And I like... Do that get Z-Space mass. That Marco compares this to him hanging his butt out of the car window, waiting for a truck to come along and sideswipe <laughs> it off. A thing you know Marco has done until his mother pointed out, a truck will come by and <laughs> knock your butt off. Yep. Do you want to not have a butt, Marco? <laughs> yep. Well, no, I couldn't do that to the girls in my class. <laughs> yeah. The haircut's terrible, right? I I am in favor of the haircut just because everyone is so shitty about it. Yeah. It is Marco's body. It is Marco's hair. He can do with it whatever the fuck he wants. And I love that, like, I'm just going to leave it short because everybody's so shitty about it. Attitude. Yeah. It's starting to grow on him. Literally. At the oh, end of the that's book. a hair joke. <laughs> I mean, it w- was me that saying, was like, a... the hair actually is growing. I don't know if it was actually a joke. No, that, that was that was an Alex-level joke. Um, I already told this on Panelology, but I made the best pun at rehearsal this week, and my cast got mad at me. Okay. They were talking about haunted tea, and I asked if they meant boo-long. <laughs> Oh, wow. Man, I really want to cut the And I thought it was very good, but they told me to leave. (laughs) Um, I do have another, I think, sneaky comic book reference that's in here. Okay. 
when they talk about, you know, why would a robot cry? I immediately thought of the issue of Avengers in which you see uh, uh, the Vision cry with the, the famous caption, even an android can cry. Okay. The end of this book is basically an Avengers reference. It's very true. And I like this going theory I have that every one of these is just trying to set up some specific reference. <laughs> like, these are all some sort of long-form improv pun exercise. And that is a thing that I, as a garbage human, am very into. <laughs> I love that we Marco hasn't tried to correct Axe's name and that his dad genuinely believes that he has a friend named No. That makes me so happy. That is such a good detail. Um, we get Vizzer 1's probably host body's last words. Which is, they won't take you if you stay away from the military. And we get the very sad detail that the most peaceful part of Marco's parents' marriage was while his mother is a controller. Yeah, that is pretty awful. Alright, anything else? I think I'm out of notes. Other than I did enjoy uh, basically Eric's entrance on good Shakespeare quotes. Yes. Just like well-timed Shakespeare quotes. I'm double-checking. Eric must have noticed the extremely shocked and puzzled expression on my face. He grinned. There are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. Shakespeare? I said amazed. Yes, Hamlet. I saw the very first performance. Yep, we've gone through all my notes, too. Cool. Then let us return to our guiding document that I definitely have left open on my phone. <laughs> hey, I did leave it open on my phone. Uh, any more guesses on location that we haven't already hit? Tim said Philly no. this week, or Pennsylvania. Bethel. Pennsylvania this week. Do we have Chapman casting for this week? No, not for me. Mm -mm. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the mid '90s to early 2000s network sitcom version of Animorphs. Okay. And I'm going to cast Patrick Warbur Warburton as Chapman. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I can go with that one, too. Uh, how about Visser 3? Do we have a Visser 3? No, I've been watching a lot of Superstore. Do either of you watch Superstore? I have not. No. I have not heard anything about it one way or the other, so I have not jumped in. But I still have to do Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so... Yes, that one should come first. Yes. For Visser 3, I'm going to continue my Dudes That Talk With Wonderfully Bad Voices... Congratulations, Christopher Walken, the new Visser 3. <laughs> I've got a problem with Andalites, so and the only cure is more cowbell. Mark McKinney. From Kids in the Hall? I think he was, yeah. Yeah. He, cool. But as his character, Glenn, in Superstore. I didn't know he was in Superstore. He plays the store manager that is super religious and talks like a Muppet. Oh, wow. Hi-ho, have you heard the good word today? Gonna, Something like now. that. 
Hang on. Can you please shut up? And that goes for all you. I can't listen to your for one more damn second. Why don't you go kiss a table? Oh, sucks. <laughs> yeah, there is. Attention, ladies and germs. Tushy needs to be closer to the ground. You're pressuring us. Goddamn right I'm pressuring you. I want lower tushies. What yeah. do you mean? And, and I don't want a big stinky baby from a big stinker like you. It sounds like the love child of Fozzie and Miss Piggy. Yep. I actually think your impression was pretty accurate there, Alex. Tibrish, two, two, six. That's it. There you go. Go get me yeah. those yurks. Those andalites, I mean. We're yurks. I know <laughs> what species we are. Go get Yuri and your Gafferak, whatever the fuck that company was called. Medicom? On it. So yeah, that's my Fizzard 3 for the week. Dapson? Dapson! Go that's get it. you and your <laughs> Dapson logging company on it! That is a really great impression. Thank you! I didn't even mean to do it! <laughs> I'm gonna do the rest of the show like this, okay? Oh, oh no. Oh. So how would technology change everything? <laughs> There's like a Marvin the Martian element to it. So what you're saying is we need an Imodium Q38 space modulator. Oh no, there's more than an element. There's a lot of Marvin the Martian in it. It might have morphed a little too Marvin. Yeah. Give me those photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> so how would technology change this other than like tracking Eric through social media I mean I'm going to make the argument that the Yerks are building Facebook I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jeff Zuckerberg Yerk and if we've made it 10 episodes in 11 counting Megamorphs and I haven't said that already then I'll be shocked I know that I've said that Jack Dorsey is a Yerk I did think you it's say, Mark Zuckerberg. I, that's what I was, did you say Jeff Zuckerberg? And if so, is that like Mark's like kid brother? Who, as like, far as I know, they're both Yerks. <laughs> he, he invested heavily in the Zune. Oh. I mean, just his parents are pissed off. They, they just they always liked Mark better. <laughs> the Zune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Alex was the one to get broken this week. <sighs> Alex is very tired. The Zune, that's not the best Zune joke that's been on a podcast in the past few weeks. Thank you. Yeah, the, the one at the end of Panelology. I laughed out loud in my car. Uh, you'd have to listen to the spooktacular episode of Panelology to hear it, but it was it was a good one. Thank you. Your check is in the mail. <laughs> Oh, good lord. <laughs> Congratulations! We have a terrible new running gag! I don't think he can stop. I think he's stuck that way now. And no one is there to slap him. I stayed in the Marvin the Martian morph for two hours! <laughs> oh, I regret this. <laughs> oh, Jen is going to kill me when she hears this episode. Who saw you saw me so called Cha Cha B? Oh God, no. that's tr- getting cut. <laughs> okay. No, that's, 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 
train wreck of, of awfulness has to stay in. The universe has right. to understand what he's capable of. Cut it, but Jordan. send it to Tim as a uh, ringtone. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Jar Jar the Martian. Jar Jar the Martian. I warned you all that it would end up very off track. I just didn't know how. All right. I've got some animal trivia. Is it about spiders? It is not because that article we were sent was only a video and does not work super well in an audio medium. Thank you. So instead, in honor of having had the opportunity to tell someone at the theater the story about the time that an ostrich showed up in my grandmother's backyard prompting a frantic phone call to my parents from which across the room I could hear her shout, There's a bird in my backyard! Also, your mom is Marvin the Martian. My grandmother. <laughs> your grandmother. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> she explains why you can do the impression so well. It's in the blood. Yeah. Marvin the Martian is my middle name. <laughs> God. I'm sorry. Uh, I have ostrich facts. Okay. Ostriches do not bury their heads in the sand. This is a myth that comes from the fact that they're usually bending over to peck at food on the ground. Or to turn over their eggs, which are partly buried in the dirt. I swear to God I've seen an ostrich do this, but I was probably like six years old and who knows. Yeah. They have the largest eggs laid by any bird in existence. Well, duh. I mean, there are other big birds. Emo. Emo. Emu. Emo. Also, big bird. <laughs> Their emo cousin, the crane. There is a giant, like, jet black crane that lives in my parents' backyard. So the crane is an emo emu? Yeah, well, I refer to it as big bird's goth cousin. And, of course, the most famous big bird. Big Bird. Yeah. E- Emo Emu really needs to be my band. That's my band name. Can you... I know I pick one every week, but like this is... I'm settled now. You take Emo Emu, I'm going to stick to Gothriches. Oh, that's a good one, too. Can, yep. can you play an instrument, Tim? I feel like I ask this every week as well. A Tim strument, yeah, no. if you will. No. The triangle. Um, ostriches... Sleep in a way that is similar to the platypus, which is not a bird. It is a mammal. It is a mammal that lays egg. Um, They quickly shift between slow wave sleep and rapid eye movement cycles faster than most animals, sometimes overlapping them. The only other animals that do this are the echidna and the platypus, which are the two egg-laying mammals. Mammals. The two egg-laying mammals. (laughs) How many episodes have I actually You did that last time. Yeah. I don't know. Which makes me think Battlefield Earth every time. Ostrich racing is a popular sport in certain parts of Africa and even the USA. And there is a wonderful picture here of an ostrich jockey riding at auction. Actually, this is a video. Holy shit. Um... They can reach speeds up to about 43 miles an hour. Although it notes it can be dangerous as it is easier to fall off an ostrich than it is to fall off a horse. Okay. Ostriches eat pebbles to help them digest their food. 
They'll swallow gravel and sharp objects and use them as a grinder in their stomach to break down food. Dinosaurs did that too, right? I don't know. But these rocks are known as gizzard stones. Gizzard stones. Um, Those are the most interesting things from this list. It is the fastest two-legged animal. And its powerful kick can kill humans. And ostrich feet are gnarly. I'll just leave that there. Like we need to give him a pedicure gnarly? Um, no, more like I'm going to just go ahead and drop it in the Facebook chat so you two can see it. And if you want to Instagram it or something, go for it. Okay. Um, there are ostrich feet. They have like one long toe that extends out and just kind of like a side toe. Like a, like the motorcycle sidecar? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you cut off a dinosaur's foot in the middle <laughs> and made it two feet. Yeah, that is what that looks like. So there you go. Some fun ostrich fact, because once one terrified my grandmother. It had escaped from a nearby ostrich farm, if no one could <laughs> math that out. All right. Meg, yeah. it is your turn to fanfic. I lurched forward slightly as a cobra slid up next to me, thankful a second later that it was only Jenna. Okay, I knew it couldn't be a real snake, but man, of all the animals to have slide up next to you, ugh. I cocked my head at her leg comment, looking for blood and mentally tucking it away for now. They have the control room surrounded, though I don't think there are actually any in the room, just coming from the south entrance. Due to some intelligence in our group, we hadn't actually done anything as ridiculous as label our control room, so for now, the door just looked like a beat-up janitor's closet. A closet that actually connected easily to the ventilation shafts right above our heads, I realized. Getting an idea really quick. Mariana, is that you in the orangutan morph? The ape nodded its head. Do you have control of its brain? I asked. I do, came a shaky response. Mariana is one of our newer, younger recruits. And not necessarily someone I really wanted in battle with me yet. Still... As my friends would quickly point out, I am too rough and demanding of our new recruits sometimes. I had been 15 when I started, and too many years later, I expected too much out of those you, those much younger than me. Good, because I'm going to need you to, to get Jenna up to that into that ventilation shaft to get to the control room and start emergency protocols. The breach seems to only be coming from this entrance, so I don't think we need to turn we need to burn it all to the ground until after we secure the breach and get the fuck out. Jenna, we will need to, we will cause a distraction so you can get in safely, okay? I honestly didn't know how she did it, how Jenna decided to fight in the war, knowing she could be taken again if we screwed up even slightly. It is why when I fought side by side with her, I pushed myself a little harder each time, either out of protection or out of guilt, I don't know. I wasn't responsible for her becoming a controller, but it's really hard not to feel guilty knowing that you'd always been free. I sniffed the air, turning my attention back to the battle that was coming. I smelled a handful of weird aliens, all similar and all jelly-like. Taxons with Dracon beams. Simon and I could handle a few of those. He was sniffing the air as well, while also trying to get a look around the corner. So far, nothing had seen us, but it was only a matter of time before they would come down this hall again. Right. Ready, boss? Simon held up a paw, flexing his claws. 
I turn to Mariana. Make sure Jenna is in safely, then get the entrance closed back up. And if you take down a tax center too, I'll make sure you get extra free time privileges, I promised, and hope she wouldn't run away scared. Time to soldier up. To Simon, I said, let's go. I took the lead, running swiftly and letting the hyena's instincts flood my, into my system. This wasn't the kind of meat it wanted, but she could. She was down for the kill. I sank my teeth into the fleshy middle of a taxon before it could hear me approach and was quickly on to the next one. Simon, slightly slower, though no less graceful, battled down a taxon with a dracon gun with his massive, massive paws. He seemed to kick it, the gun back towards where Mariana was hiding, both separating it from the group and giving her a chance to grab it with her orangutan hands. We continued to chum our way through the taxons, trying to get to the south entrance and cut off what was ever waiting for us. All right. Do we have any listener questions? I know we didn't through the forum on our website, mindsatyork.com. Um, but do we have any, any other locations? Let me double check Discord. I didn't see any in email. In emu, in email, in the emu emu email, <laughs> with the animals, with the animals. Now there's a lot of good discussions, but no, no like uh, questions. Cool, but people should come join our Discord. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, and maybe some of our hosts should also hang out in our Discord more. Hey, I've been in tech. <laughs> Just add it to your phone. I... It's no big deal. I'm. Not being serious. I know. I know. We do have a new iTunes review, though. Very good. I was just about to navigate there. This is from Mary Bradley. Five stars. This makes me so happy. Animorphs was the first series I ever invested in. I absolutely love that this podcast exists. And we love that you exist. Thank you so much. Yes. I do believe that is the person that I'm convinced to do... Uh, Tamora Pierce podcast so that I can fangirl that. Well, awesome. She's fangirling Animorphs. So. Are we ready to wrap this one up? I think so. Alright. We need Tim's predictions first. Oh yes. Tim. Okay. Gaze into the magic eight ball of your psyche. Okay. Uh, I haven't looked at the title of this one yet either. I have no idea what the cover looks like. But I feel like there'll be an appearance by the Elemist. That's where I'm going to go. I want you to guess what the title is. Oh, I was going to give him the title to see if it helps. No. I want Tim to guess the title. and then you The only reason that I'm guessing the Elemist shows up is because Meg said she was a book ahead of us. But she said something about the Elemist. Oh, um, yeah, that's not the next one. I have. There's no way. It's the something. Pick a word. Pick a play, noun. Play with me in this space we have created the, together, Tim. The jamboree. No, that's stupid. Try again. <laughs> See. Damn it. The. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. It's like no words come to your brain. I need nouns. It's like Mad Libs. I need. The. season i'll give you that what for is... everything there is a season turn 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 what do you think will be a new morph oh um do 
I don't think we're going... Let's see. I think it'll be a land animal. A land animal. Let's go. A land animal. <laughs> Please stop. Um, nobody's done a monkey yet, have they? Nope, got, no monkeys like, so far. The, okay, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a monkey. The, the gorilla guys. A gorilla's not a monkey. Gorilla's, it's, an ape. it's not a monkey. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's different. All right, yeah. you're going different to go thing. with a monkey. Yes. Cool. Okay. He's got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. All right. And who do you think <laughs> is the narrator? Because I feel like you haven't quite uh, figured out the pattern yet. I okay. I, going if I understand it correctly, it's going to be Jake. Yes. Okay. It's going to be a Jake book because we're on the ones. We are on the ones. We are on book eleven next. Uh, yeah. The ones Alex's, and sixes. Yeah, the, Alex's radio analogy is the best thing so far for keeping that straight. <laughs> Coming at you with Jake on the ones and sixes, Rachel on the twos <laughs> and sevens, Tobias on the threes, Axe on the eights, Cassie's on the fours and nines, and Marco on the fives and tens. It's the morning Animorph Zoo. Hi ho! <laughs> Alex right. and the Martian. Alex and the Martian for your drive to work. And there is a new t-shirt. No bumper sticker. <laughs> there you go. God bless. All right. A little hi-ho written in a little bubble at the end of it, too. We'd like to thank Christina Speaks for our show heart. If you're interested in getting some cool art from her, email her at c.spinks.animator at gmail.com or visit her at chaosdoesart on Instagram. Peep our social means at Minds at Yerk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or, if you want to send us questions, comments, or love letters, you can email us at Minds at Yerk at gmail.com. Our website is Minds at Yerk.com, and you spell Yerk Y-E-E-R-K. If you like us and want to help us out, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For every five-star rating and review we get, I will do that dumb Muppet voice one time fewer next week. <laughs> William? Or in a he's fortnight. Got a, he's, he's got a lot planned, so let's start reviewing. Start now, and maybe yeah. you can get us down to to minimal Muppet. <laughs> That's another good one. Minimal Muppet. That's my first album. Yeah. Uh, we are available on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we're not there, let us know. We'll try to get there. That does it, I think. Okay. Someone say when. When? I was being swallowed. I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm Megan. And I'm Tim. And until then, we fight. We fight!